You're in the water loop. Waterloop is made possible in part by grants from Springpoint Partners and the Walton Family Foundation. Waterloop. Hi, this is Travis with Waterloop. If you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard me talk about High Sierra showerheads. I am such a big fan of them for their water efficiency, for the powerful spray they provide, their solid metal construction, no plastic parts involved, and how they're made in the USA. But there are some other great recommendations on High Sierra Showerheads. Let me share these with you. They are named Best Showerhead by Popular Science. They are named Best Showerhead by CNET. High Sierra Showerheads also gets named Best Low Flow Showerhead by Wirecutter, Treehugger, and CNN Underscored. You can also look on Amazon and see that they get tons of high-star reviews from all the satisfied customers. You can get 20% off using promo code LOOP20 at HighSierraShowerheads.com. You're in the Waterloop. Welcome to Waterloop. This is Travis. Going to talk about the issue of lead pipes today. Uh, And I'm joined by two guests from the Environmental Policy Innovation Center. I have Jesse Norris, who's a senior analyst for water and technology policy, and Maureen Cunningham, who is deputy director of water. Thank you both for coming on the podcast. Looking forward to this conversation. Um, So lead, lead in drinking water is one of the probably most high-profile environmental issues in the country, um, not just because of Flint, but because of lots of cities out there. Um, could, could you maybe give an overview of just the situation with lead pipes in the United States, how many there are, and just kind of what the status is of, of trying to address this problem? Great. Yes. Well, and actually, President Biden has been talking a lot about lead in Congress as well. Uh, Lead pipes were largely installed a century ago in this country, and we at Epic think there's no place for lead pipes in the modern world. Uh, We know there's roughly 11,000 municipalities, communities around the country that have lead pipes, and we know there's six to 10 million lead service lines, lead pipes, upwards of 12 million around the country that carry water to people's kitchen taps. Uh, We also know that that lead, no amount of lead is safe uh, for humans. And we know that lead is, is a detriment to health, to our society, and even to our economy. In fact, Someone did a study, and and reducing lead exposure would actually save us an estimated $22,000 per lead pipe in reduced cardiovascular deaths alone. Lead exposure has been linked to brain development, lower IQs in in children, higher crime rates, lower economic activity. Even today, I saw a study that just came out that said more than 50% of kids younger than six in this country were tested, had some amount of lead in their blood. We also know that this is affecting public trust in our water supplies. Uh, We know that 60 million Americans don't drink their tap water, and a third of them have stopped drinking tap water since the Flint 
lead contamination crisis. So we know the lead pipes are there. We don't always know where they are. Uh, and our back of the envelope calculation is at, at the current rate that we're re replacing lead lines, it could take an estimated 100 years to replace all the lead tech toxic lead pipes in the U.S., even if all the federal funding, which we're watching closely this week, goes through. So, so really, the, the big question at EPIC that we're trying to answer is, you know, how do we replace lead, lead pipes faster? How do we encourage innovation and ef efficiencies to replace these pipes? Because we don't want to live with them for another 100 years. So both of these questions are linked to data and visualization and communications. And that's why we launched our water data prize. So with the appropriate action and innovation and investment, we hope that we can see the replacement of all lead service lines in the next decade in this country. Hmm. Great overview. Thank you. And I guess it is the serious challenge or serious threat rather that lead poses to health and the widespread prevalence of lead lines across this country that have so many organizations like yours um, Face, you know, trying to tackle this problem and putting this kind of at the top of your agenda. You know, everywhere you look, you see important organizations calling calling for action and accelerated action on lead. Do you do you see that across the the landscape that you work in? Yeah, we see that. We see the the talk about lead in Congress right now. We see see the talk. Um, we just were speaking to municipalities around the country yesterday. Everyone knows the lead lines are out there. Not all municipalities know where they are. Uh, so we're trying to launch this water data prize so that we can help municipalities find their their lead lines and replace them faster. Mm. You know, you mentioned that, that there might be some increased funding from the federal government to tackle this problem, but uh, money's only part of the solution, right? There's some there's some real challenges here with addressing the lead pipe situation. Um, I, I think you all kind of have identified four different areas, and I'd love to have you explain those for folks. Why has this been such a, a persistent problem, and why why could it take a decade, you know, or a hundred years, rather, um, to, at this current pace to, to deal with it? Well, we know in this country that water utilities are facing a multitude of water challenges, not just lead. We know uh, that lead is, is a big challenge. Uh, and what we're seeing and watching in Washington is the lead and copper rule revisions, which is a new federal regulation that may become effective in, in December. And when that goes into effect, municipalities and water utilities will have to respond to those regulations. So some of the challenges related to the regulations uh, that, that water utilities are facing, as I mentioned before, is that many municipalities don't know where their, their lead lines are, where their lead pipes are. They wanna know what tools and data can help them uh, find lead pipes and what are the best ways to publicly share. So that's the inventory piece. Uh, another 
challenge for municipalities is, is the mapping. How can they make this information on where their lead lines are more accessible, easy to understand, and interactive so that residents know where the threat is? Remember, this water quality threat is, is different from others in that it's often found in a, an individual home uh, rather than at the water utility plant. So mapping is critical so that people know where these lines are and can ex access that information. Another uh, challenge is, is the equity piece because in many cases, the lead pipes are on the homeowner's property or the landlord's property. Um, there, there's a huge piece of equity. How do we make sure the most vulnerable populations, uh, those most at risk, uh, get their lead lines replaced first? Um, and how do we, you know, make that a priority, the equitable uh, replacement of lead pipes? And the last uh, category or challenge is communications. Uh, the lead and, and copper rule revisions have a, a whole suite of new communications that water utilities are going to have to build on uh, in the future to communicate to the public about lead. So what design tools and visualizations could give water consumers more actionable information on lead violations, lead sampling results, lead service line replacement status updates, and other health information. So those are the four challenges we're seeing uh, and the four categories that we see in the, in the new federal regulations. Yeah, that gives you, uh, people a sense of why this is so difficult uh, to to make more progress on. Those those are tough challenges. There's a number of challenges, so it's very difficult. Um, and and there's things that have to be overcome there that don't just involve money. Um, and so you all at Epic have launched a competition to try to tackle some of those challenges. I'd love to hear about it and share that with folks. Awesome. Yeah. So we launched the Water Data Prize uh, first in 2020, but this year is focused exclusively on lead and directly mirroring those four key aspects that we see municipalities facing. And the goal of this is really to say we know that there are millions of bright ideas from communication experts, from design experts, from technologists and data sciences that would be really relevant to finding and removing lead. Um, but there are a lot of cultural and organizational barriers or just inertia that prevents those ideas from reaching the water system managers or those smaller municipalities that need the assistance the most. So that's what we're trying to help with is pulling together all of the, the creatives and experts in the field um, or those outside of water, right, that just know about communications and can say, here are some chips and tricks that you should use when thinking about communicating around lead pipes. So the 2021 Water Data Prize is open to anyone um, looking to help across those four different areas. Fantastic. And could you let people know where they can go to, to look at yeah. the contest and, and how to enter and what, what maybe the deadline is for doing so? So for more information, you can go to waterdataprize.com. That will have all the information about uh, those categories, examples of the categories, um, general FAQs. And so the prize was launched on September 15th, and applications are open through November 10th. 
Fantastic. Very exciting. Well, I would like to try to dig into those four areas with you a little bit because your competition specifically identifies those, the inventory, the mapping, the equity, the communications. And I'd love to just dig into why those are challenging, um, maybe some examples of good practices that are out there or not so good, and just kind of give people more of a flavor for the, the situation here. So the first one is inventory. And what we're looking for there is really what is the best technology or tools or data that could be used to predict or determine whether there's lead within um, a home. And so there's a couple different ways that people have done this. Uh, One huge predictor is the age of a home and the location of a home. So we're trying to say... um, how, what is the best technology or practices that municipalities could use to determine where the lead pipes are? Um, the second is mapping. And I think we have a couple of examples that we wanted to show y'all to basically get an understanding of what's a good example and what's a bad example. Yeah, let's um, take a look. Um, so the first example that we're looking at is from DC Water. And what we really liked about this is that you can see very clearly every home is delineated. And as Maureen was mentioning earlier, with lead, it can both be the pipes in someone's home or the pipe that is um, delivering the water to someone. And so we need to understand where is it in the home or on the street. And with those predictive tools with inventorying, sometimes we're just Uh, making a strong estimate as to whether or not there's lead there, or we don't know at all. And so in the case of DC water, this legend really makes it clear as to, yes, it is confirmed that there's lead or it's not lead in your home. And so I, as a resident, could very clearly understand that. Um, The next example is in Boston, where I am currently based. And this is where I look at this and I'm pretty overwhelmed because there's a ton of dots on this map and it tells me nothing really. Um, The legend here just said lead services. And so that's either on my home, in the street. They know that, they don't know that. Is it confirmed? And so I'm left with more questions than clarity when I look at this map. And so what we're trying to say is just, you know, what are the ways in which we can design this, communicate effectively so that when a resident or a municipality looks at this, they have a clear vision and plan for how to address the lead replacement. Um, I'll pass it to Maureen for the next two examples. So the next category is equity. We know that many lead pipes are concentrated in older houses and in older cities too. We also know that communities of color and low income Americans are especially impacted by lead and drinking water in households. So because of that, we wanted to include equity as a category, looking at what's the criteria for determining who needs a replacement first? How are communities in need even identified? And how are communities with high levels of lead poisoning and known lead lines prioritized? So these are the questions we're looking at and hoping to answer and see answers. Fantastic. And I know the fourth area that you're focusing on is communications. You mentioned that before. Um, what are some, some examples of good communications or maybe not so good communications? Love to just kind of look at the, the practices out there. Okay. We know Communicating about lead is critical, and it's critical as part of the new federal regulations. Uh, We even heard from a municipality yesterday who lost the public trust because of failure to get in front of a water contamination crisis in in that municipality. So getting in front of the communications, getting the communications right, right from the onset is is critical. And there's a lot of new um, communications that are needed. Um, Right here, we have a letter from a utility 
explaining to a resident about the presence of lead pipes and and also explaining that replacing the lead pipes would be free. So we see a lot of text. This came in the mail. Uh, we don't see any visuals. Uh, the letter references things like lead laterals, which who knows what that means. Uh, so someone receiving this letter may just throw it away and assume it's junk mail. It's not a bill, um, so they just throw it away. So that is an example of maybe not the best communications. The next example comes from Philadelphia, and, and we have a screenshot here, but you can actually go online. It's an interactive website. It has clear guidance about what's going on with lead. It has even has a video for folks to watch in case reading is not their thing and, and they really want to delve into the issue. And this resource is also available in multiple languages. So we really like the example of Philadelphia for that reason. Uh, and in general, we want to see communications that are available in multiple languages, easy to read language, not, not using a lead service line, but maybe just saying the pipes delivering water to your home. And we want to see communications when we're talking about lead, it may require communications in many forms. So letters to, to a resident, it could it require the internet and videos, but Ultimately, it may also require door-to-door -door and face-to-face -face communication as well. Great uh, outline of those different areas there. So uh, when this competition closes, um, you all will be taking a look at all the submissions. Um, what happens then with the ones you identify as the best, the winners, if you will? What, what's going to happen to try to, to actually get some mileage out of those? Yeah, definitely. Um, so if our 2020 Water Data Prize is any example, what has been really impressive and important about this work is basically convening different stakeholders from the utilities, the tech companies, the community advocates, the communications experts, and kind of compiling those best practices. And then we as Epic work as the convener between those different entities and the regulators and folks at EPA to demonstrate, here's what's possible. Here's some really easily implementable and important uh, steps to improve water quality communications. And so we'll compile all of that. Um, we have a number of engagement opportunities and then really work to facilitate kind of that communication and implementation of the ideas um, after the prize. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we're trying to push the needle here and encourage more innovation, more ideas. And ultimately, we're trying to move the needle on lead, lead pipes. We don't want to see them around in the country, and we really want to amplify any efforts to quickly, efficient, efficiently, and equitably move and replace them. Uh, innovation is really a key to this water data prize, and we think it's also the solution to replacing lead pipes around the country. I guess in closing, I just want to ask, um, given the, the size of the challenge, the scope of the challenge, but also all of the interest and attention and, and momentum on lead, um, where do you stand on the, the optimism scale that, you know, the pace can be picked up and that there can be some great solutions in these, in these areas? Um, yeah, how, how are you just feeling about, about this situation? 
You know, we just had a meeting yesterday with some municipalities, smaller municipalities, under-resourced municipalities, and a whole slew of additional partners, funders, impact investors. And I really think the innovation is out there, and we just need to kind of harness it for replacing lead pipes. So I'm optimistic. I think the federal funding, we hope, will go through, and that will help as well. Yeah, I would add that I think in terms of the types of water challenges that we're facing, lead pipeline removal is one of the easiest. It's like we know it's an issue, we know how to fix it, and we can fix it. Um, So I think that's why we chose this for this innovation prize, because there's a lot of momentum and it's a solvable problem that we want to just make sure happen. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to learning about the submissions that you all get and seeing uh, the the winners and the ideas that come out of this and then hoping to see them, you know, take... uh, in, in communities across the country taking on this lead issue. But so Maureen and Jesse, thank you very much for coming on and explaining all this. Thank, thank you, you so much. This was fun. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. A special thanks to Waterloop supporters, Springpoint Partners and the Walton Family Foundation. The Waterloop podcast is sponsored by High Sierra Showerheads, the smart, stylish way to save energy, water and money while enjoying a powerful shower. Use promo code LOOP20 for 20% off at HighSierraShowerHeads.com. If you like Waterloop, please subscribe to the YouTube channel or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media and visit Waterloop.org to sign up for updates.